The state of Israel is almost the same size as the St. Louis metropolitan region, and for the past three days, more than 400 rockets have rained down on a relatively small portion of that tiny country. Day and night, the sirens have sounded and Israeli residents have taken shelter. Sirens have sounded mainly across the south, but were also heard in central Israeli cities, including Tel Aviv, Modi'in, and Rishon LeZion. These are our relatives, our friends, and our fellow Jews who have lived in a near-constant state of fear. Fortunately, few of the rockets have gotten through Israel's Iron Dome defenses, with 60% falling in non-populated areas. Millions of Israeli citizens stayed home from work and school, mostly under orders from the IDF's Home Front Command. Overnight, it was reported that a ceasefire agreement had been reached between Israel and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Despite the reports, a number of rockets have continued to be fired into Israel, including as recently as 11 o'clock a.m. Israel time. I'm Karen Scher, Vice President of Community Engagement for the Jewish Federation of St. Louis. On this episode of Here for Good, we are going to talk about the week's developments in Israel with interviews with someone who has just returned from the country and one who is living there, having made Ali Ali recently from St. Louis. First, a little background. This round of violence began with an attempt to stem the rocket attacks which Israelis have endured for years. The Israel Defense Forces on Tuesday launched a targeted airstrike that killed a commander of a militant group in Gaza known as Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Jewish Federation of North America's Israel office has been operating under emergency protocols and is in close touch with relevant Israeli government branches, our partners, and individual federation representatives on the ground. The JDC, Joint Distribution Committee, is in the middle of a process of reaching out to municipalities in the south to assess needs. JDC has also opened the Virtual Center for Independent Living, which is a hotline for elderly residents. The hotline was established with the support of a Jewish Federation grant. The Jewish Agency's Fund for Victims of Terror, also supported by Jewish Federations, has already provided immediate emergency assistance to families whose homes in the South have suffered direct hits. Within hours of the attacks, the agency sent construction teams to repair homes hit by rocket fire. The Jewish Agency has also provided assistance to 6,500 new immigrants in absorption centers and 5,000 seniors in assisted living facilities in areas affected by the current crisis. A lot going on. We at Jewish Federation of St. Louis know how important this news is to our community. So we have prepared for you today a podcast with people who know what is happening on the ground in Israel. We have in studio Mindy Fredman, Federation's Vice President for Community Impact, who recently returned from a trip to Israel. And on Skype, Michael Oberlander, who was our Chief Philanthropy Officer until earlier this year when he moved with his family to Israel. Mike, I'd like to start with you. First of all, thank you for being with us. I know it's later in the evening as we're recording this podcast, and I appreciate you. I don't think, I don't think we're keeping you up. I think you've already probably been up for a while. But can you tell us about how you and your family learned about the rocket attacks? Sure thing. First of all, thank you very much for having me, and thank you for doing this amazing podcast. I love listening to them, even here in Israel. Thank you. Um, First found out about it because some of our cell phones have app that notifies us every time there is a rocket which causes a red alert. And so the number of us were awoken by having that early in the morning. Um, As soon as we heard them, we checked the news to find out what was going on. It's just a matter of living here that we knew it would be a matter of time that something like this would happen, and so we just need to be prepared. 
So, so Mike, where are you and your family? Where are you living right now in relation to what's going on? So we're living in a um, in a town in a city called Granada, about 80,000 people. It is north and a little bit east of Tel Aviv. So for us, this latest round of rocket barrages were all south of us. So we did not hear the sirens here. We were not directly impacted, but yet it caused a, a lot of anxiety for us. I understand. So you were talking about this red alert. Mindy, you were just telling me that a red alert came on your phone. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. So this red alert app, Teva Dome, uh, many people in Israel have this app, but people around the world also have this app on their phones because um, people like me, we have family and loved ones and friends living in Israel. And so we want to know what's going on and, and you know, just be aware of, of their safety and the current situation. So when my app started going off, um, you know, I'm immediately concerned about the people I know and the people I love. But I had a bit of a different reaction this time. Also, we were just in Israel two weeks ago with the Show Me Israel mission from St. Louis. We had 85 members of our community there. It was wonderful exploring Israel, learning about Israel together. And I was on a politics and history track. We had about 45 people one day go to the Gaza border. And we visited a town called Nativ Hasara, um, a wonderful, beautiful community of around 1,000 people right on the northern border of Gaza. And we heard from members of the community and what it was like living there, how they had only seconds to get to a shelter when the alarm went off, when the siren went off. There were small shelters all over the community. We can see them as we walked through. Then we heard from the Fund for Victims of Terror, a Jewish um, agency program that I can talk about in a minute. And then we actually went down to the wall that divides um, Gaza and this community. There was an additional wall put up to protect from, from bullets. And there was an art project on the wall. Someone had put together a mosaic and volunteers from all over the world come and put these beautiful words on ceramic pieces and are building this gorgeous wall that's, um, they call it a path to peace. So we all participated in that. And this is a community I'd never been to. Um, clearly, it had an impact on me. So as my Red Alert app is going off this week, and I see over and over Native Hasara, I just had a really different connection because here was a community. I now met the people. Um, I had been there and just um, felt that much more strongly and much more greatly. Thank you for sharing that, because for the people living here in the United States or outside of Israel, we can only imagine what it must be like to be there during this time. And it's important to have that perspective. But also, Michael, if you could please share with us what the mood is like right now in Israel. Uh, I know for us here in the United States, we it's, it's a heavy, we're, we have heavy hearts and and a, and a feeling of of helplessness. And um, I'd like to get a, a sense from you all. What's 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 the mood there like? Yeah, if I had to sum it up in one word, I would. I think I would sum it up as resilience. Um, there's resilience here um, to being an Israeli. I've only been an Israeli now for a few months, um, but you know when I people are going about their daily lives um, to the best to the best way they can. Um, unfortunately, the communities in the South um, have already announced that they're not going to have school again on Friday um, because of concerns about um, another rocket barrage. Um, you know, when on Tuesday, when the government closed down all public gatherings in Tel Aviv and when they sent out, um, you know, announcements about not having a lot of people gathering indoors, outdoors, um, 
it, it was a little bit um, jarring. Um, it's something that you know we don't think about. We live free lives here. We go where we want. We do what we want. We go to plays, movies, concerts. Um, so that was a little strange. And Karen, if I could, I just want to also share that I I want to share a little bit of a more specific perspective. So uh, what I'm doing last couple of months since I moved here is I'm in an Opan, which is an intensive Hebrew language program. In my class, there are two Americans. There are Jews from Turkey, Argentina, Russia, Ukraine, Uruguay, um, South Africa, France. It's a totally cosmopolitan um, group from all over the world. And um, on, when, on Tuesday when we came to school, um, you know, we spent much of the day talking about um, what was going on, and people shared their feelings, and people were very anxious. For many people um, who are new um, Olim, who are new immigrants to Israel, this was the first time they've ever had to face something like this. And many of us have children. Um, most of us in the class have younger children, and so they were trying to understand, well, how do we talk to our kids? And so the idea about thinking about how do you um, help your children learn the, the skills, the reactions that they need to have in order to be safe, but at the same time, not um, giving them a sense of insecurity um, is a challenge. And um, at the end of the day, what I keep hearing from people when I talk to them is, you're going to get used to it and people are going to get used to it. And, you know, that, that doesn't, in many ways, that's a very um, comforting thought in a very, very, in other ways, a very discomforting thought that we have to get used to it. Yeah, I, I can't imagine you can ever really get used to that, actually. And, you know, it's really reminiscent, really, of 9-11, of just how the how the world stops at that moment. And it's just different. And how do you talk to your children? How do you, how do you really um, understand? you know, have any kind of understanding of what's happening at that moment in time. It's just indescribable. Um, Mindy, they, and thank you, Michael. Uh, Mindy, Jewish Federation of St. Louis partners with many agencies in Israel. Do we know how they are faring during this recent rise of attacks? Um, yes, we actually, all of our partners on the ground in Israel have emergency plans in place, and they put them into action right away. We are getting regular updates from them, and the work they're doing is truly astounding. I'd love to share a few updates of some of our community partners, and really it ties back to what Mike just said about resilience. A lot of the work that they're doing is helping Israelis figure out how to go on with their daily lives. So, for example, the Israel Trauma Coalition, um, they are all over the country but particularly in the South and the Central, right now there are resilience centers um, that are staying open and providing services to residents in the affected areas, providing on-site trauma treatment and home visits. And they call these resilience centers, they do. which is, is fascinating. It, yeah. The other really interesting thing, again, tying into what Mike just said, there are hotlines that are activating at full capacity right now, 24-7. They're reporting a 40% increase in calls. Over 50% of the calls are coming from the center of the country, 20% from the south, and 15% from the north. And most of the calls are from anxious, anxious parents needing help in how to talk to their children about the situation. So this is really something that's happening all over the country. And a lot of the organizations that we're working are, that we're supporting and working with, are providing these services directly to um, people in Israel. Some of the other um, 
programs and things happening that I just want to mention, the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee, the JDC, um, and you mentioned this in your introduction, they have programs that added value in, in times of emergency, and a lot of them are benefiting from past JFNA emergency campaign funding. One of them is real-time assistance to people with disabilities within the rocket range, so really helping them get to safety. That was what you mentioned, the Virtual Center for Independent Living. There's also professionals are on the ground helping disadvantaged families to cope. Um, and then they're also managing volunteers. There's so many volunteers going out and helping people in these times of crisis. And so they're actually managing some of those volunteers. Um, the Jewish Agency for Israel, you mentioned this also, um, and I mentioned it because we were just there two weeks ago hearing from them, the, vict the Fund for Victims of Terror. This is an amazing program um, that is prepared to provide immediate aid to citizens in need in coordination with Israel's emergency services and municipal, municipal agencies. So their staff have been in contact specifically with a family from Netivot, whose home was directly hit by a rocket. Thankfully, the family's not injured. They're all okay, but their home suffered significant damage. So already they're receiving emergency financial assistance. And as you said, they're there helping with physical support, rebuilding the house right now. So and as we sit here and thinking, what can we do? We're actually doing it through the Jewish Federation and our investment in these organizations and the Jewish Agency and these other nonprofits, the JDC, and the programs and services that they provide. We have a, a role in this, and we are, you know, we. This is this is what we can do as a North American Jewish community to be um, not only just providing services, helping to invest in those services, but also the connections and the relationships we have with with the people of Israel. So it's wonderful to be able to talk to you, Michael, and have these relationships with you and our so many people have relatives and you know family members and friends and 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 deeper connect and deep connections. But to maintain those connections and to really reach out and say we we're we're here and we um you know we are we are saddened to hear what's happening right now I think one more thing to add is they're all working together also. And I, I saw this in full force. I was just in Washington, D.C. at a JFNA conference, and we saw um, Eric Fingerhut, who's the new CEO of Jewish Federations of North America. We saw Mark Wilf, who's the chair of the board. We saw um, Bougie Herzog, who is the chairman of the executive for the Jewish Agency for Israel. And they all stood together and showed this unwavering support of Israel at this really difficult time. They talked about, um, you know, right now they feel and know the support of the entire Jewish family. And they talked about how our unity is our greatest strength and will carry us through these really difficult times. Yeah. And I just want to echo what uh, Mindy was saying was that, you know, oftentimes people ask what they can do. And I, I will tell you the way that we are so interconnected, um, I love hearing how you both talk about, you know, our one connected family. And we're more connected now than ever before through technology, just like this Skype call. And, um, you know, knowing that people in St. Louis and people are, you know, are, are concerned and are thinking about what's going on here really um, helps people here in Israel have the strength to get through these days. So thank you. 
Well, we're just proud to be our partners and to, um, you know, to be as one with the North American Jewish community, with the Israeli community. And uh, like Mindy said, you know, having 85 members of our community just returning from the Show Me Israel trip, for them to be there, to see it, to feel it, to taste it, to to embrace it, and to meet their Israeli chavra, their Israeli family while we were there, especially in our partnership region where they really got an opportunity to to, to build those relationships one on one, it is so so important. It makes everything that's happening not seem so far away. Really, it's like it's happening in our own backyard, and um, and I know that that's how our Jewish community is responding, as if it were happening in our own backyard. Um, so we we pray for Israel. We pray for the people of Israel. We are thinking, sending our prayers, our thoughts, our our love, and and our. Um, Investments into Israel to ensure that the people of Israel are receiving the support and the and the services and programs that are so very needed. Unfortunately, during these these horrific times. So, Michael, I didn't know if you had anything else you would like to share with us about your experience. I don't want this to all be a doom and gloom because I know there's so much about what you're experiencing now in Israel that's so beautiful and wonderful with your family. And this is a great opportunity for you to share with the St. Louis Jewish community some of maybe the the wonderful aspects of what's going on. And I know we've heard many stories about what the challenges of going to this office versus that office. We're, we're, many of us are reading your Facebook posts, but give us some of the joys. We, we talked a little bit at the VedLab conference, not to be so concerned with all the oys, but there's so many joys that we can be celebrating. So give us a few joys of, of, of your life in Israel right now. Yeah, I would love to. So um, there's this amazing bakery right around the corner, which I love, and my pants um, don't, <laughs> so I have to stop going there. Um, so, you, you know, there's a... Um, a statement about native-born Israelis. Native-born Israelis are called sabras. And a sabra is a fruit that is from a cactus tree. And why are Israelis called sabras? Because on the outside, they're prickly and, you know, they're tough. Um, but once you get to the inside, they're sweet. And I have had so many interesting um, interactions here where people on the outside are kind of um, tough. But then once you just break through the layer, just one layer, they're so sweet. So a fun story was I went to the um, to a uh, hardware store and I was having a really hard time trying to express what I needed in a language I don't speak well. And the man with whom I was speaking did not speak any English, but I was able to explain to him that I just needed a about a 10 centimeter piece of hose. And he said, that's all you need? He said, you know, that's it? And I said, yeah. He said, it's a matana. It's a gift for me to you. And, you know, he cut me this little piece of hose and he gave it to me. And, you know, he was giving me such a... A difficult time because I could not express myself in Hebrew and he I'm sure he's thinking why are you living here if you don't speak our language but at the end of the day when he figured it out he just gave it to me as a gift and it's that kind of thing that happens it happens all the time where you know Israelis are gruff sometimes and you know native born Israelis but you know they deep down there's a real caring for yeah, I love Mike's image of the Sabra fruit representing Israelis. And I would say 
it represents Israel also, right? Sometimes prickly on the outside, sweet on the inside. You need to peel back those layers. So I would encourage, if people are looking in St. Louis what to do, I would encourage them to peel back those layers. Really stay informed about Israel. Educate yourself. Continue to peel back those layers and educate others. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you both so much for being on this um, episode of Here for Good, um, this podcast. I really appreciate the conversation. I'm sorry that we had to have it in this way. Uh, Again, our prayers are with Israel. Our thoughts are with Israel and the people of Israel. We pray for the end of this round of violence and for the end of violence. Um, And at this time, just um, know that your brothers and sisters here in the United States are thinking about you all and um, are with you. So, Michael, thank you again. And please give our love okay, to you. Sima and all your beautiful children. Um, you And um, please tell them that we, we love them and we're thinking of them. So that's our episode for today. I hope you gained some new insight into what life is like in Israel this week. I know we have. Thanks again to Mindy and Mike for joining us and to you for listening to Here for Good. 